Sliwa. Curtis Sliwa. Rip and Reed. Check this out. This is the Rip and Reed featuring Curtis Lewa. Walking about. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Reed. The exodus to Florida continues, ladies and gentlemen. Unprecedented numbers continue to evacuate New York City, New York State, New Jersey, Connecticut, and eastern Pennsylvania, making Florida the number one destination in the entire country. It hasn't been that in 46 years. And most of the migrants, not the illegal aliens, the migrants, are coming from the Northeast. And in fact, prices are rising on condos, leases for businesses, to pay for a house, to get flood insurance, hurricane insurance, a price of gasoline, price for cars, price for auto insurance. It doesn't matter as inflation escalates everything because the demand overwhelms the available product. And yet people are still fleeing the Florida. And the news is filled with stories today for exactly why that's happening. In fact, if you go letters to the editor of the New York Post, fleeing a failed New York, Florida's new residence. And it's letter after letter. I've cut all ties with New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. Uh, I'm, I'm here forever. I'm not a snowbird or a snowflake any longer. I don't just come down here for the winters, you know, from uh, December Uh, January, February, which used to be the tradition, and then for a return after uh, Easter. No, they're permanent residents. And, I mean, just look at it. New York City starts 2023 with more than an 18% spike in serious assaults after Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, who decided to spend his weekend in Philadelphia cheering on the hapless Giants. We'll get to that later on. Oh, my God. Talking about eating Philly vegan cheesesteaks. Oh, my God, was that embarrassing? But anyway, Adam says crime is tending down. The statistics say something different. And you're hearing it first here on WABC. I'm receiving call after call from cops and deputy inspectors who are assigned to precincts throughout the city. I'm not going to name drop because these guys or gals could be reassigned in a heartbeat. But they're getting orders from headquarters from the Deputy Mayor of Public Safety, Phil Banks, an unindicted co-conspirator, a former cooperating informant who should be in jail instead of overseeing public safety in New York City, that is ordering deputy inspectors and captains at precincts to take a robbery charge of any suspect and to knock it down to a grand larceny. Because a robbery is the threat or use of force And when you charge them with a grand larceny, that's like a purse snatcher, a pickpocket, where violence is not involved. This is what they're trying to do to move the, uh, hey, yeah, to move the, uh, move the uh, chairs around at the, uh, on the Titanic, because that's exactly what is happening. Look at this. One vagrant, one emotionally disturbed person continues to terrorize Gramercy Park. Locals, despite pleas to the mayor himself, Eric Adams, 
and police at the local precincts. Nothing is happening as he is living in people's vestibules in their foyers. He is terrorizing them. He's defecating and urinating everywhere. He's screaming at people. It's live. And nothing's happening from City Hall. Meantime, you go uptown to Washington Heights, inward into the South Bronx. New York City's bodegas are padlocking their laundry detergent and shoplifting scourge. Hits a new high. They're actually taking chain link um, apparatuses and hooking them through the various laundry detergents, the liquid laundry detergents, and padlocking it on the shelves as crime in these stores goes unabated and nothing is happening from the district attorneys to City Hall to the NYPD. Security guards at Theft Plague, Walgreens, and Dwayne Reed stores. Uh, the CEO has said they're not there to protect product. They're there to protect people because the staff gets assaulted. The security officers themselves get assaulted. Off-duty police officers who work there and make a lot of money doing so are not supposed to protect product at all. So you know as long as you go into a Dwayne Reed or a Walgreens, and don't be going into shop rights anymore in Manhattan because they're all closing because of the shoplifting and the boosting of products. All you got to do is check in at the checkout counter and say to the man or the woman there, look, I'm here for my Alvin Bragg swag bag. I'm not going to hurt any of the personnel or the security guard or the off-duty police officers. I'm just here to steal product. And it's okay with the Walgreens slash Dwayne Reed executive. And then to add insult to injury, East Harlem residents say that the safe shooting intravenous needle places that have been opened up in their neighborhood have caused their neighborhood to completely decay and they're thinking of moving out. Meantime, what is City Hall saying? The Department of Health? But evidence says it's saving junkies' lives. So at 126th Street in East Harlem in November, a intravenous shooting gallery opened up in which the junkie can go in and safely have their heroin or fentanyl injected into their veins. The purpose was to curb deaths, and it has succeeded in that. More junkies are staying alive. The problem is it's chasing more and more people out of East Harlem, and people are saying, wait a second, first you're putting injection centers on the east side. Then you try to open up a legal weed store on the west side across from the Apollo Theater, and that's when the church ladies all of a sudden from the black Baptist churches got together and basically told their elected officials, you open up a weed store across the street from the Apollo Theater, and we will collectively go in there with a gas can and burn it down. If you notice, that was supposed to be the first to open. It hasn't opened since. They opened up the one on 8th and Broadway. Tomorrow, they opened up the one in Bleecker Street. So right now, Greenwich Village has all the legal weed shops and all the illegal pop-up shops and the dealers who are dealing the nickel and dime bags in the street. Let's go, though, to the polls. You would think all of a sudden, with the deterioration of New York, with the flight from New York, that Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb, in her first month since she was elected into office, remember, she took over for Andrew Evilized Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Facha Bruta Cuomo. So this really was her first election as governor. You would think the state has actually gotten worse. Well, not according to a Siena poll. She's had her highest ever favorable rating at 48%. The approval of Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb is 56 in the positive, 36 in the negative. 
the best that it's ever been. A large majority who who uh, uh, actually contributed to the poll think she will not make progress on making New York more affordable. And pluralities think she will not be successful making the state safer or fixing its mental health system. But they give a thumbs up. Now, imagine if you happen to be a resident of New York, whether you're a Republican or an independent or a Democrat or apolitical, and you see that she's actually polling better than she's ever polled before as a governor, you basically had it. You basically just want to pick up and leave. And this is the result of voters where? Voters downstate. Suburban voters approve of the job Hochul's doing just by five points. But in New York City, two-thirds... Two-thirds of the people approve of Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb. It's almost like they forgot all about Zeldin. Three snaps up. And when we think Lee Zeldin, we think Long Island. And when you think Long Island, you can't think Lee Zeldin any longer. What you think of is George Santos. So George Santos, who finally had to admit to 40 reporters and paparazzi that, in fact, he said, I wasn't a drag queen in Rio de Janeiro trying to compete for the Miss Drag Queen title at the annual Carnival, where debauchery and decadence prevails. In fact, if you've ever been to Rio for Carnival, and I've been there because they have guardian angels there, you know that you don't know if you're with a man, a woman, a frozen vegetable, non-binary, transgender, transvestite, transformer. Whatever happens in Rio stays in Rio. But three snaps up, George Santos is heading back to Washington, D.C. and vows to have a surprise for the paparazzi for the fourth estate and the journalist staking out his office. Meantime, he was disgraziata, the shanda, all over the television screens this weekend. Whether it was a late night show, whether it was Saturday Night Live, whether it was political sit-down pundit shows, you couldn't escape the stain of George Santos. And then, look at the Siena poll. You say, who are these people that are actually supporting George Santos? He had a 20-point positive approval rating. 20% 20% of the people out there in his third congressional district thought he was doing a great job. Oh, my God. All is forsaken. And that's largely thanks to independent voters who were saying, hey, hey, you know, give the guy a chance. Give the guy a chance. Even though he's lied, he's lied, he's prevaricated. He now has to admit that, oh, no, I like wearing women's clothing. I like the sultry feel. In fact, Lou, he likes the nylons, even when they rip. He likes the six-inch stacked heels. He likes the rouge lipstick. He likes the mascara. He likes the rigs. He likes to go on the runway. Three snaps up. In fact, Macedonian Phil, you know he would be a hit in a lot of the bars there in Bushwick if he came in as a drag queen and he performed. Even though they may hate his politics, they'd love him. They'd say, shake it, girl. Shake it, girl. And in fact, I'm suggesting to the 20% in the 3rd Congressional District, if you're, if you're positive and give him thumbs up for what he's done so far in his limited time in the House of Congress, why not invite George Santos, the uh, drag queen that he has been, to come to a local library in Whitestone, 
or make that Great Neck or the North Shore of Long Island and Suffolk County and have Drag Queen Reading Hour in your library for your children and your grandchildren. I cannot imagine how much longer this will continue. But guess what? According to the Siena poll, 20% of you think that George Santos is doing a great job and has a thumbs-up approval rating. And this seems to sort of marry, so to speak, at the hip with Kathy Crimewave Hochul, who the poll uh, respondents gave her highest ever favorability rating at 48%, even though she can't even get her choice of a Latino judge to become the top judge of the state Supreme Court, even though she's done nothing about crime, never never confronting the uh, uh, Stewart cousins of the supermajority in the Senate or uh, the crook of all crooks, Speaker of the House, Carl Hastie of the Bronx, the supermajority in the Assembly, refusing to confront them about this no-bail mishigash, which is strangling the state, And you don't even hear her taking on Alvin Bragg any longer. Up next, we're going to discuss what happened to the weather guy, Klotz. Great interview as he got clocked and told our own Brian Kilmaid point for point how he was a victim. And when is our mayor, who's in Washington today, moaning and groaning about wanting $2 billion for the illegal aliens, ever going to name and shame Alvin Bragg? District Attorney of Manhattan turned all those mutts and scales loose this weekend. This is the Riffin' Read, featuring Curtis Lewa. Now, to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. I'm not a juvenile delinquent. No, 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 I'm not a juvenile delinquent. You know, this was a song being sung a cappella doo-wop in the holding cell for the few hours that the mutts and skelves, the juvenile delinquents, were arrested and then released after clocking Adam Klotz, who is the uh, weather guy for the Fox News channel. Uh, this all happened uh, after the debacle in Philly at Lynx Stadium, what I had predicted, that the Giants would end up being smashed by the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll go through that in the, in the uh, Sid Rosenberg rap, but... Let's focus on what was a really good interview by our colleague Brian Kilmeade, who's on Monday through Fridays, 10 to 12, right before uh, Bill O'Reilly does his rap. And then I get into my 45 minutes plus of commenting on the rip and read of the news stories of the day. Here was this guy. You might not have known him. You know, most uh, weather guys or gals, if they haven't been around a long, uh, around a long time, you, you tend not to know who they are. But now everybody's going to know all over the world who Adam Klotz is because he tells Brian Kilmeade. He describes exactly how the attack on him began on a number one train at about one o'clock in the morning, Saturday going to Sunday when I was on the airwaves here at WABC taking you to the break of dawn. What happened? Well, okay, I jumped on the subway. It was 1245 is when I got on the subway. Uh, in the Upper West Side, if you're familiar with Manhattan, heading south down to my neighborhood. 
it's not that long of a train ride. And the, the train cars were relatively full. I bet there was 30 people on this car. So sometimes you think like, oh, it's late at night. It's a sketchy feeling situation. The, that feeling was not in the air whatsoever. Uh, but I'm on one end of the car, and there's this group of seven, eight teens down there also. And from there, uh, there was an older gentleman sitting kind of across from me, sitting amongst these teens as well. Uh, one of the, the kids lights a joint right across from me. And with his lighter still lit, puts the lighter in the man's hair, and it goes up like a matchbook. It is quick, and this guy's banging out his hair really fast, and all the kids are laughing. And without missing a beat, whoa, you guys can't do that. He does the right thing. Adam Klotz. There were 30 other people in that car, as he described. Probably all of them coming from gin joints. Uh, which were playing the Giants game, their loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. And Adam Klotz actually says something. Everybody else remains quiet. So typical of New York. Uh, listen to what then happened afterwards. And then they turn on me like, you have something to say? I was like, yeah, you can't do that. And then all of a sudden, like, I was the focus of their attention. And it began the standoff that ultimately led to me getting beaten down. Now... Imagine at that particular point, if uh, once the blow started to rain on Adam Klotz, if he had been strapped with a legal or illegal handgun and he had capped a shot at them. Oh, well, he's a white guy. We know that. I haven't seen the pictures of the mutts and scales, the teenage delinquents who attacked him, but I'm assuming they're kids of color. Uh, you know, the city would be up in arms. Like, what the hell is that guy pulling out? He got, but continue, continue with your story. Adam Klotz, great interview by our colleague, Brian Kilmeade earlier today. Yeah. So the setup was like, they clearly were trying to bait me like, oh, you can't tell me what to do. Do something about it. They wanted me to hit them. I saw this group getting ready to attack if I did anything. And the talk kept going until I caught a left hook, pretty good hook. But I just sat there. I was very calm as I caught the hook. A dude down from me is like, man, you need to get off this train. And the train started, we were at a stop, and you see everyone moving from one car to the next car, which isn't an unheard of thing here in New York City. Is He's right, even though he's not a New Yorker. He knows that when all of a sudden the piranhas surround you, the sharks surround you, everybody else picks up and moves to the other cars. He didn't even get up at that point. Adam Klotz didn't even get up. He just said, leave that old guy alone. You can't do that. And they cracked him. And then everyone moves from one car to the next car. I join them and we go a whole nother stop. And I'm like, that was crazy. I'm trying to catch up what just happened in my mind. And the doors open and they had all like gathered together and they just rushed from one car to the next and jumped to me. And before I knew it, I'm getting punched. I'm getting kicked. I end up in a fetal position and I hear them saying like, knock this dude out, put him to sleep. That's what they're saying. Put him to sleep, put him to sleep, which tells me like they want to, they want me unconscious. Right. So it's clear. I'm assuming the old-timer was with that group of 30 that ran from one car to another car. You could do that with the number one trains. With some of the letter trains, you can't do that. The, the doors don't open up. You're stuck in that car, man. It's you and the mutts and scales. But even though they all got up and they left the car, and they left that car back to the mutts and scales, those juvenile delinquents, they continue to stalk him, and they continue to beat him. And then he talked about nobody intervening. And I'm thinking, like, I just need to protect my head because I do not want to be unconscious and let them beat me where I can't right. protect myself. So I'm covering my head. And as a result, my face is pretty cut up. But my body 
Like I was really focused on covering my head, my body. I'm, it's hard to breathe. My knees swollen. My ribs are bruised. Now remember, at this moment, the eight thugs, these mutts, these scales, these juvenile delinquents are beating the crap out of him. And nobody's doing anything. These other adults, they're watching. I'm surprised we haven't seen a video emerge of it yet. They probably were whipping out their iPhones, you know, their smartphones saying, gee, this will be live at five. And then he goes on to talk about his uh, desire to bring justice to these thugs. But, oh, boy, the roadblocks he's going to have. They got three of them that night, and they didn't, they didn't even take them in. I mean, I didn't know that. It, it took me a day to, to know that. They, Cops told you? No, uh, no po- uh, reporters told me. Now, imagine this. The reporters have to tell this guy if he wasn't, Somebody well-known as the weather guy at the Fox News Channel, he would never have known that they were cut loose. They were cut loose. Calls were made to their parents, who obviously have not disciplined their kids, and they told the parents, pick up the kids. And they came and they picked up the kids, who were nothing but thugs, enemies of society, and they cut them loose. Why? Because D.A. Alvin Bragg, who turns everybody loose, said, cut them loose. And then the ordeal continued. The cop who first initially caught them and who was amazing to me, Officer Zapata, he was adamant that we were going to bust these kids. He, I mean, I think the actual officers on the streets are trying to do their jobs. And he really wanted justice. Absolutely correct. My beret off to uh, police officer Zapata, who we heard later on in the interview, actually accompanied Uh, Adam Klotz, uh, to Bellevue Hospital to make sure that he would recover from his injuries. But I'm sure even police officers, Zapata and all of his colleagues, they've seen this before. Adam Bragg steps in with his assistant district attorneys from the Manhattan DA's office and says, cut him loose, cut him loose. And then his experience, his ordeal continues. And it's that next layer, that next level from the DA's or whoever's making these decisions, the government of New York City who's making it impossible for them to work. The government of New York City. Okay, so let's look at this. We know it's Alvin Bragg uh, who uh, believes in turning all criminals loose. We know that. We know we have the city council, the predominant number of them favor criminals, not citizens. And then there's Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, who's in Washington, D.C. today, moaning and groaning about needing $2 billion to take care of the illegals who just had a riot at the Stewart Hotel over the weekend, right? They're crashing bottles into one another. They're stabbing one another. We're paying $500 a night to house them at the Stewart Hotel, and they're telling us we don't like the food. It's not culturally appropriate. When you go into their rooms, you see the corona, the cerveza, the weed. Where are they getting the money for this? They're having a riot in the streets. They get arrested, and what happened? They're adults. They get turned loose. And the city of New York didn't even call ICE, the Immigration and Naturalization Service, who should have been able to take them on a retainer, put them down in Vesey Street or at Elizabeth, the detention area, and then ship them back to their country of origin. No, none of that takes place. So whether at the adult level or the mutt and scale thug level of juvenile delinquents, and then in the midst of all this, I mean, Adam Klotz is going to be okay. He's going to recover from his injuries. But he had his eyes blackened out, his jaws swollen. He'll be okay. Remember 
the video that we first exposed you to when the MTA money-taking agency did not want you to see it. A woman who worked in JFK Airport six days a week with five kids at home with her husband in Far Rockaway. Remember, she would take the A train every morning, go to the Howard Beach Station, transfer there to the buses that take you to the terminals in JFK in order to work. Six days a week she'd work. And then I, and then I pointed to the video that the MTA didn't want you to see and went viral in which we saw this crazy guy just smash her head over and over into the token booth uh, uh, clerk area. There were no clerks. There were no cops. Over and over he attacked her. It turns out he had killed his own grandmother. What the hell was he doing out in the streets? He's under psychiatric observation in Creedmoor. And Elizabeth Gomes is now going to lose her eye permanently. And remember what she said days after that. Remember? How could they allow somebody like this to be in the street? Who's the person who's supposed to be making sure he's inside and getting treated because of the negligence and keeping us safe and making sure we have the proper security that we need in our city that something like this have to happen? An innocent person have to lose their eyesight. She's going to lose her eye. And you know, in the aftermath of all this, the person who never visited her at her home with her five children and her husband in Far Rockaway Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, nobody from City Hall ever visited this victim of such a vicious crime. But up next in the Sid Rap, we do know where the swagger man with no plan was on Saturday night, acting like he was the coach of the New York Giants. Yeah, Eric Adams, who knows nothing at all about sports or football, was acting as if all of a sudden he was the second coming of Bill Parcells on the sideline at Link Stadium. Spectacular! Now, here's the Sid Wrap-Up. Oi! You know, this was the theme song of my mentor, Bob Grant, the king of all talk radio. But it's really the theme song for the city of Philadelphia which has fallen right into the abyss. It's crime central, but normally it's a tough city. You got guys, they're macho, maniacal, they're constantly flexing, especially when it comes to their Philadelphia Eagles. And I was just blown away that Sid Rosenberg would not condemn his very very best friend, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, who was on the sidelines for the Giants at Link Stadium talking about how everybody in Philadelphia should eat Philadelphia cheesesteak vegan style. What I predicted, the disastrous destruction of my beloved New York Giants at the hands of the Philadelphia Eagles at Link Park. And who was there instead of being here? Your mayor, Eric Adams, swagger mayor with no plan, giving up the Philadelphia vegan yeah. cheesesteak and be vegan cheese he, he cake. There. He should be there. Oh, my God, he should be there. It was like he was like Bill Parcel, I was there. He was talking about, uh, oh, yeah, you should be eating vegan cheesesteak sandwiches. And I said to myself, in all the years I've been in Philly with the Guardian Angels, they, they pull you to Gino's or Steve's Prince of Steaks or Pat's King of Steaks or D'Alessandro's. They always say, oh, you got to have, have this uh, Philadelphia cheesesteak, right? Never heard of a vegan cheesesteak. And yet, 
the propaganda minister for Eric Adams lured the helpless Andrew Giuliani on Friday to actually eating a uh, Eric Adams Philadelphia vegan cheesesteak sandwich. By the way, you were supposed to come over to the watch party with uh, Rudy Giuliani (laughs) and Andrew Giuliani. We we couldn't make it because Andrew Giuliani, thank you, got food poisoning and never showed up. I see, I see. Him, his beautiful wife, Z, never showed up at Rudy's house on Saturday night. That's because he was eating vegan (laughs) cheesesteak sandwiches courtesy of Eric Adams. What the hell was that? Oh, my God. So embarrassing. Andrew is now at home, right? Sick from eating a Philadelphia vegan cheesesteak sandwich, courtesy of Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. First of all, he's on the sidelines there. It was so embarrassing. You already looked at the Giants warming up. You knew they were going to lose. You looked in the face of Jonesy, and Jones thought he was going to dance and prance around. He knew he was going to get smashed into the gridiron, as he was five times. They, they had no heart. They had no soul. They're looking over on the sideline instead of their coach. They see Eric Adams, who's pretending to be their coach, saying, on to the Super Bowl, on to Phoenix, oofa. And then Chad Rosenberg started to get back to being the propaganda minister for Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. And he tried to lure former Governor George Pataki into that same Venus flytrap that got Andrew Giuliani sick. And actually, later on, you're going to hear how it drove Cindy Adams to the point where he's Sid Rosen, she's Sid Rosenberg's secretary of disinformation. Governor Pataki, Eric Adams, talking uh, this weekend about uh, not defunding the police, about uh, using the uh, the ocean liner as a place for migrants. He's talked a lot about the federal and national government helping us out with that situation. He's basically called out Joe Biden without saying his name. I asked you about a month ago what you thought about him, and you said, basically, I like what he says, but I need to see more. Where are you today with the mayor, Eric Adams? I'm in the same place, Sid. Standing firm, not being bamboozled by Sid. But as you know, recently, Sid Rosenberg, the uh, minister of disinformation, propaganda minister for Eric Adams, arranged a lunch with Cindy Adams and Mayor Adams, who she despised, she loathed, she hated. Well, today she writes a column. Florida's got nothing on New York. In fact, why would anybody go to Florida? Could somebody do a solid for Cindy Adams? Maybe uh, they need to fly her down to Palm Beach County, go to Lake Worth, see all the hipsters, millennials, the artists, South Beach in Florida, all the places that she thought were for the old Alta Cacas. Cindy Adams, you couldn't be any more wrong. Stop drinking the Eric Adams Kool-Aid. 